This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. another episode of the high low sports podcast thank you for joining us because we are gathered here today to have a special conversation we're going to take two of the greatest seasons of all time from a quarterback in college football history and we're going to compare them we're going to kind of come up with a decision on on who's better and, and we're not talking about your tim tebow's or your aj mccarran's or your whoa, 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 whoa. you cannot say greatest college in aj mccarran I, hey you know all those alabama stands out there you know I just got to get them out of the way first. So, now saying that, who are the two greatest? Joe Burrow in 2019, Cam Newton 2010. I'm still mad about this AJ McCarron thing. You could have went with like Brody Croyle for Alabama quarterbacks and you'd have a better case, but no. Honk if you sack Brody is all I got to say to that. But no, that's what we're here today, guys. Uh, 2010, Cam Newton and that Auburn National Championship team versus... 2019's Joe Joe Cool himself Burrow and everything that LSU did in winning a national championship and all the records they set. We kind of forget about that 2010 Auburn team no. and what Cam Cam Newton did in a way. In a way, not we, because you would not let anyone forget. Ah, uh, yeah, that. you're right. I don't let anybody forget. Never forget. Anytime someone's like, "Wow, that was a good play," it's like, "Well, you remember that 2010 Auburn team?" Hey, look, when all you have is two national championships to live by. You, you got to harp on the one that happened in your lifetime. It's like, hey, Kales, how are you today? Michael Dyer was not down. Oregon fans are just sour. 
Hey, they really are, though. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, you know, DJ, this is, you know, joking aside, these are two kind of tough decisions, like tough seasons to kind of pick a one. But if you had to pick one, if you had a gun to your head, you had to pick one. Who's the one that you think had the better year? Well, I'm going to take that gun and shoot the person aiming a gun at me first, but we'll get that <laughs> out of the way. Honestly, I think you're talking about the quintessential two greatest college football seasons. And in my opinion, Cam Newton might actually be the greatest college player ever from a single season for like that one year he might. But I think Joe Burrow's season was better. Just going down the list, I think he had a better overall season. That's kind of sounds contradictory. I think for that season, if you're grading Cam Newton out of 100, he was the closest to 100 you'll ever see. But I think Joe Burrow's like execution, what he was able to do, I think that was the that was the best I've ever seen with my own two eyes, and probably the best ever, honestly. I that's kind of a weird. I know that's weird how I worded that, but I just think Joe Burrow, what he did on the field, was better than anything we've ever seen before. Even though Cam Newton might have been the better player, Burrow's results ended up being a little bit better, in my opinion, by the slimmest of margins. We're talking a ninety-nine point nine compared to a one hundred point oh 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 point oh one. Look, I, I can't I can't deny what you're saying. I understand it. I get the wording you're trying to use. I guess the from a, simplest from, way I could do is like a few years ago we talked about Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, who's the better receiver? It was always Julio Jones is the better receiver, but Antonio Brown might be the better football player just because he could return punts, he could return kicks, he could, probably, he could play slot corner, he could play in the slot, out wide, he could do a little bit of everything. Kick, well, your, Julio, kick your punter on the way back. Yeah, he could step on a punter's <laughs> head. I mean, where Julio is just that monster on the outside, and it's like, okay, you can't guard him. Yeah. And, and I guess technically a deep safety. He could get credit for that too, honestly. But like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, your Julio comparison, Julio-AB comparison is a very accurate point uh, because this really is kind of a best athlete at the quarterback position versus – and now I'm not saying Joe Burrow is not a great athlete. The dude's – I mean, look what he's doing in, in, in Cincinnati right now. And, yeah, that's – you know, you can't really say he's not a great athlete. But compared to Cam Newton, who was an all-world athlete, who was literally once in a generation, it's all like, a LeBron James level it's like in the college. best athlete playing quarterback and the best quarterback who's athletic almost. Weirdly yeah. combination. I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray's sitting there looking up like, hey, don't forget about me. Yes, he's looking up. but like, <laughs> Yo, he's looking way up with these two. And he's fantastic. <laughs> I just don't think his season quite matched up with these two, especially when you look at the final result is they both got a chip on an undefeated season. That's kind of what we're looking at with these two is they both ran the table and got, and got a ring. So and got a Heisman. And a Heisman. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, these guys are looking at the awards down the, down the list between these two. Uh, it, they're literally the exact same. Every Both of them, the exact same down the list. Both had SEC Offense Player of the Year. Both had, you know, the Davey, or the Walter Camp. Both had the Davey O'Brien, the Maxwell, uh, Heisman, the Manning Award, which is the top quarterback. Um, and that's usually voted by the Sugar Bowl Committee, which is, for some reason, always included for SEC guys. I don't get that one, really. Um, you know, AP Player of the Year. You know, all these all these accolades. They're they're pretty much exactly the same. Um, really unheralded, except for Tebow back in the day when he was winning chips in in Florida. Was the only guy that I saw with more awards ever. And uh, even then, like that first chip he got, he was literally Chris Leak's side, basically a sidecar. Basically, Chris yeah. Leak won that national championship game. He put on. That single game performance, he might he had a performance of a lifetime too against Ohio State. So exactly, and you know I keep bringing up Tim Tebow, and there is an important factor in this that I do because up until this point, up until the Burrow conversation, the argument was was 2010 Cam Newton better than 2007 Tim Tebow, and 
unfortunately, that 2007 Tim Tebow also had a Cam Newton on the roster, but that's not the point. They didn't win a chip that year. They had three losses, and they, you know, it wasn't as good. So They weren't a very great team. Tebow just had an extraordinary individual season. That's yeah. where it was kind of like, well, it kind of, in this conversation, I'm not saying it eliminates him from it, but it definitely, that's why he's not in this conversation. Yeah, it made that conversation, the previous one, kind of very easy to pick Cam. This one is actually a really great conversation because it is two great teams with clear and above all leaders on each team that you can point at and be like, that's our dude. You know, like it is literally like we would not be here because we didn't have like if it wasn't for this dude, we would obviously would not be here. And so it, you can take a look at their seasons as soon as both of them left, how both teams did too. It's like, oh, well, Auburn kind of didn't completely fall off, but they were not anywhere near the same team. And LSU was trash this year. So, I mean, yeah, actually, it, it's awful how bad both teams really both teams fell off the next year. Um, Auburn actually ended up somehow going to sneaking, sneaking into a Chick-fil-A bowl and with seven wins, um, which they somehow won, but I just don't get how they won that. And then LSU is looking at the same pace of possibly sneaking in a bowl with six wins here. I mean, Joe Burrow literally saved Ed Ogeron's job and got him an extension. And now that he's gone, Ed Ogeron's gone too once his contract's (laughs) up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I guess, I feel like I should just go ahead and say, obviously, as a homer, I'm going to take the Cam Newton 2010 season. Um, but even if I stuck my homerism aside, I still still leaning Cam, but it's very, I mean, it's hard to pull out my homerism. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, getting into it, DJ, go ahead and give us give us the breakdown of Joey B. So when I look at Joe Burrow, he put up Colt Brennan, Case Keenum type stats in a non-air raid offense on a winning team. That's It's absolutely ridiculous. He had... 77% completion in the SEC, nonetheless. Like, 77%? Like, my lord. 5,700 yards, give or take. 60 passing touchdowns with only 6 interceptions. A 10-to-1 ratio. And on top of that, we mentioned his athletic ability. He had almost 400 yards rushing and 5 touchdowns as a non-running quarterback, really. <laughs> yeah. As more or less on, oh, 4th and 3, and we spread him out. Ah, screw it, Joe. Just take off. Like, we saw his first NFL touchdown. It was like, you know what? You can uh, kind of scamper. I think we kind of forget about that because you don't look to – you're not the most athletic-looking runner. Kind of like Andrew Luck. Everyone forgets he ran faster than Cam Newton at the Combine. But when you watch them run next to each other, it's like, okay, one of these guys is a runner and one of them's not. One's an athlete and one just runs for a quarterback. One is athletic and one <laughs> is an athlete. And Joe Burrow's a little bit in between that, I think. He's closer to Cam than he is to Andrew Luck as far as a natural runner. Like He's not as bulky, so he runs a little cleaner, obviously. But yeah. I mean, he had five rushing touchdowns, I believe it was. Yeah, so, I mean, he accounted for 65 touchdowns. Which, in college, I I mean, just to put it into perspective, that's a stat that no quarterback in the NFL has ever hit in 16 games. Not even close. Like, like, yeah, well, the closest was, what, 60, right? Total touchdowns, or 55 total touchdowns? Paid Manning, I think, had 56 because he had one rushing touchdown that year, I believe. If not, it was only 55. Like, Yeah, I mean, we're talking, he straight up put a 10-piece in 12, 13 games, well, 14 games technically with the BCS championship game, 14 games, he put up 10 extra touchdowns total than any NFL quarterback has ever done. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think you kind of summarized it on the head. He based, actually, I think it was 15 because they have the extra playoff game. Yeah, it was 15. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because there's the extra playoff. Yep. Okay, so 15. Still, and one then, less yeah. game, 10 extra touchdowns. That's insane. And then I look at Cam Newton. He... This is just fantastic as well. So 2,800 passing yards, not really that great, but 30 passing touchdowns, 
seven interceptions, so obviously a good passing season, not a lot of yards, because a lot of his yards went to his 265 rushing attempts for 1,400 yards and 20 <laughs> yeah. touchdowns. So he accounts for 50 touchdowns and about, let's see, let me do quick math here really quick, so 32, 42, 43 to 4,400 yards or so. Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, about yeah, 4,400. Um, and only seven turnovers, which were all just happened to be interceptions. And I think Joe's was about the same. Like, he had the six picks. I don't think he lost a fumble that year. If he did, he only lost one or two. Like, I didn't Yeah, I, I, I couldn't find any fumbles for, for Cam's stat that year. And I know there was one in the questionable one in the national championship game, but hmm. he didn't actually lose it, so it doesn't count. And just for this – and for the sake of just kind of being fair, because Cam went 14-0 and Joe went 15-0, so what I did is I looked back and subtracted that extra game, which would be when Joe Burrow tore apart Oklahoma's soul. <laughs> you take away the touchdowns and the yards in that game, he still has a lot. He still has more because I think he accounted for seven touchdowns in that game. You take away seven touchdowns, he's still at 58 total compared to Cam's 50. You take away a few hundred yards, he still has a really large league because right now he's at 6,000 yards given. So you take you take away plenty of yards and have a lead yeah. in that one too. And you know, there's I, I don't know. I just keep I look at these stats and they're so misleading for Cam. I guess in my eyes, they look insane for the running stats, but the passing stats wise, he still had a sixty seven or sixty six percent completion rate in an offense that's that's passing routes consist of a dig, a nine, and a curl, and occasionally, occasionally a slant. What was different about these teams is LSU was an offensive team that could occasionally get some stops because they had some athletes. Like, Derek Stingley was pretty nice. Like, they had some pretty good defensive players, but they weren't a defensive team by any means. Auburn was definitely a defensive team, but Cam Newton gave them the ability to explode at any given point. So I think the way they were built differently did also influence the stats a little bit because, like, they both ran a spread-type offense, but Auburn's was more misdirection, running the ball, controlling from a spread offense, where LSU was, screw it, go find somebody. Basically, they let Joe Burrow throw darts, where Auburn, like Cam Newton, run people over like a Mack truck. Yeah, and that's the one thing is you look at this offense for that Auburn ran at the time. It is it is very much misdirection, but it's a run-heavy misdirection. Um, it's your kind of read option, but it's it's based purely off of the run. And at that time, that was the first year Gus could actually use a running quarterback because before that he had Brandon Cox, who's not moving. Yeah, he, he he could he could he could jog for four yards and fall down in a heap of Eli Manning looking heap. But uh, yeah, not doing not doing what Cam did. So it was it was the first time you actually got to use the the quarterback run off of that, which made it even more deadly. Um, and then, give you the ability to be so unbelievably creative, basically. Yeah. Where, sorry, I, for, I forgot to say, Cam Newton had a receiving touchdown, so he has 51 total touchdowns. Yeah, you know, that, that receiving touchdown, I remember when it happened, it was against Ole Miss, and it was literally just one of those touchdowns that you're just like, you can tell Auburn's coming out here and is giving Cam Newton his Heisman moment, mm-hmm. which, I mean, at the time he was going head-to-head with Andrew Luck that year, right? Yeah, because Andrew Luck got second. And he also caught a touchdown pass that weekend, too, And if I'm not mistaken. he, I think he did. Or is it that or is that the year when he killed a man by truck sticking them to yeah. a third dimension, too? And I think that's what kind of, for me, draws me towards Cam, is that he literally outgamed one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Pure quarterback in Andrew Luck. Even in the college stage, he's probably one of the best college quarterbacks we've ever seen. Not statistically. But on what he was able to do, considering he never had two receivers on the field at the same time, yeah, he has, he had, he averaged three three tight ends on the, on the field at any given moment. When they went jumbo, there was five tight ends. How I don't <laughs> know, but they were there. His number one receiver is a running back in the league in Ty Montgomery. 
Pretty like, much, yeah. And then his or, top rated tight end was absolutely trash once he was no longer with Andrew. He went to Drew Brees and the Saints and flamed out. The king of making tight ends Hall of Famers. Yeah. And Kobe Flinner couldn't make it happen. Exactly. So, you know, uh, it we just, want to just force an Andrew Luck narrative into Yeah, you. look, I just wanted, the, I, I wanted to give him his credit. And, and you know, it, we, we talked about those two. And then we look at what Joe Burrow did. We talked about Trevor Lawrence, Tua, who's now in the league, but at the time, you know, had the horrible hip injury to end the year last in 2019. And um, after having basically a yeah. Heisman caliber season, right? After before. having a great season up to that point. And so you have those three competing and Joe Burrow still like raised his level to another level where he was already like, this kid was a third stringer, fourth stringer for Ohio State. Something like that. Yeah. Cause he just, yeah, just happens to transfer to, to LSU to become the starter and just do this. They picked Dwayne Haskins over Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, I this is one of those hard decisions, like hard conversations. Like, statistically speaking, I think I I, I mean we've even talked about talked about this before. I think statistically speaking, Joe Burrow had the absolute best quarterbacking year. But we talked about Cam being kind of the all around guy, and the most the, you talk about big moments in in, in the season and what they had. I'm sorry, LSU was out of the game. Like Joe Burrow's sitting in the third quarter in most games. Yeah. Cam was the Cam back against Alabama, twenty down twenty four to end up winning. He, he shouldn't have fallen down twenty four to nothing. But uh, I yeah, no, that's 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 a different story. <laughs> that was very bad play calling. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, you have that. You have the Michael Dyer. Is he is he down? Is he up? And for that drive in general, just to carry them down the field. Um, I, I don't know. Those two those two moments alone just kind of show what Cam was all about. The, Auburn's team should not have been a national championship that year. I think it's safe to say that they were not even close to national championship caliber. On defense, I think they were. I mean, you did that. You had Nick Fairley, who was the best defensive player in college football. You did Josh Bynes, who's in the NFL, is on that team. You had some. You had some players on that team. That's <laughs> you had Trevon Reed uh, as, as a as I'm, a freshman, and that's. Not, I'm just saying, when you're a defense, yeah. you still had some players. Not saying like obviously. He wasn't a team loaded with talent. It's not like those old USC Trojans or what we think this LSU team might end up being. We have we'll have to see. I mean, Justin Jefferson obviously looks good in the NFL, but and yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Joe Burrow. But yeah, no, a lot I mean, of those other guys. I mean, Thaddeus Moss, who looked like the greatest tight end ever. I don't even know if he's in the league right now. Like I think Washington I, cut him. I think he's on the practice squad still. But yeah, no. I mean, to your point, to your point of drafted so far. I mean, there were seven total players from Auburn drafted, and when I say drafted, I mean. They weren't just drafted in 2010 or that next season. I mean, throughout their wherever they could be draft yeah. eligible, they were drafted. So seven total players from Auburn were drafted. At this current point in time, LSU, after last season, is sitting at 13. Granted, they all went last year, basically. Yeah, they all, went, they all went in that single year. And that included basically everyone just taking their offensive linemen in the seventh round because they everyone's riding that prestige. And you didn't in the COVID year, you don't get a chance to scout them or really do anything. You're like, all right, well— they won a lot of games. They must have done something, right? Let's pick them. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, look, I'm not saying it's it's a lot to, to be considered, but when you only have seven, te- seven players from a national championship team go in the entire time they're eligible to go, that's kind of rough. I mean, that just goes – they didn't – nobody rode their coattails to get extra offensive linemen. I mean, I, well, okay, that's not true. Lee Zimba did get drafted because of that. But other than him, like really – there's no reason to. I, I just think that what Cam was able to do with that talent on that team far exceeds what Joe was able to do with the talent. Not saying Joe and anything against him. Just his talent was much greater at base level without him, and Cam's talent was much lower base level without him. 
I will say, though, we I know as much as you hate Auburn's coaching staff, that is a clear advantage in this one, considering they were in a national championship again three years later with yeah. a whole different squad of characters. And we just talked about Ed Ogeron is a mess, basically. He can't even speak, let alone figure out how to coach without Joe Burrow. So I will say I think your Auburn Tigers did it as much as you hate it because you like to rip on the coaching staff. No, no. This honestly, this was the perfect. Twenty ten was the perfect storm when, when Gene Chizik was at the top, basically. Yeah, because as okay, so I've always had this philosophy with Gene Chizik after watching him coach. He's a terrible position coach, <laughs> but he is a great leader of men. Which in college, as your head coach, you want that. You what? want a guy to be like, look, forget the X's and O's. It's all about you guys on the field and Joes and Schmoes, if you will. You know the old adage. It's all about how well you guys play and how well are we execute. It doesn't matter position wise. He would he would never talk X's and O's during his, his press conferences or during his coach team meetings or anything. He left that to Gus, he left that to the defensive coordinator. You know, he he'd let that happen there. And Gus is what Gus is now. I mean, he got paid the contract, he got paid to be a head coach at Auburn for a reason. Um his his offensive mind is honestly up there with some of the greats, and I think he falls in the same problem with Andy Reid. He'll just outcoach himself nine times out of ten. Gets a little bit greedy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just instead of keeping it simple, he decides he goes Statue of Liberty halfback draw on third and ten instead of just running a slant. And what I know? will say too is like Auburn's is a little more interesting because they started the season ranked twenty three, then climbed to one. And they, like you said, they weren't the best team necessarily to start with. I mean, they barely get by South Carolina. They struggle a little bit with Kentucky. They had a few close games overtime with Clemson. And this isn't the Deshaun Clemson. This is like pre-Deshaun before Clemson. Yeah, and Clemson, where the t- where LSU started out ranked number six, but they smoked everybody too. Like it wasn't just like oh they have talent and they're having the same results. They crushed everybody except ironically your Auburn Tigers. Yeah, and- which that Auburn. I don't really care what anyone says. I know Auburn finished, like, what was it, in the number nine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, was outside of the top ten. No, they were in the top or ten. Was it? Yeah, okay, yes, it was. I think, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, LSU was their only loss because they did beat Bama that year. Cause I was yeah, it was, a, it was. And they beat Justin Herbert. That defense with Derek Brown, Ron, I think that Auburn team can compete with the Cam, De- Cam Newton Auburn team. Real, Obviously, the Cam Newton one wins because Cam has a little extra something, something. I do think, you're, to your point, that defense that played LSU last year, 100%, if that defense – plays that Cam Newton offense, I think that defense wins it's because un- it was just that much better. And I think that Auburn, I'm, I'm using this because it's a fun cross parallel, I think that Auburn team is better than anyone that uh, that Cam Newton played that year too when you go yes. down their schedules too because when we Auburn play, let's see, Arkansas State, Wash, Mississippi State, Wash, Clemson kind of Wash, South Carolina, pretty decent that year. They were like ranked number 12. So and that one was like a 54-49 game 35, if I'm not 27, mistaken. Yeah. It was stupid. It was the next year it was 54 yeah. And then just like Louisiana Monroe, Wash, Kentucky shouldn't have been that close, but it and they escaped out of that Kentucky yeah. game. Arkansas was pretty decent. They were in the they were ranked at like number twelve at the time. An LSU team that was pretty, ranked number six, so that was like their probably their first big notch win. Maybe and that second. was honestly, I feel like that LSU team was kind of a phantom LSU team, if that makes sense. They were like, I think that was it's like Michigan every year that's rated for their name. Josh Jefferson was their quarterback or something like that. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Jefferson. Maybe? So yeah, I can't remember his name, but he wasn't that good. No, this was this was kind of like what Michigan is every year, where they're rated so damn high in the preseason because of their name, basically. Yeah. So there's Auburn's big first signature win. Maybe South Carolina so one and a half because South Carolina did get the SEC championship game, as we'll get to. Yeah, they. I mean, they they refaced off against uh, Ryan Mallett again. So credit where credit is due. There's two. Ole Miss. That's kind of Ole Miss. Kind of a wash. Not ranked. Chattanooga. <laughs> Chattanooga. Then they 
They beat Georgia, who wasn't really ranked, but Georgia's always Georgia, so give them a little bit of enough. But Aaron Murray led Aaron, team. There we go, yeah. Like they, who, who, I mean, he made himself in the NFL. He made a roster. Yeah. <laughs> he was game. Then they beat Alabama in the comeback, but this wasn't exactly Alabama either. I mean, this was number 11th ranked Alabama that had four, three losses on the season, too. Yeah, this is their off, seat, off year for sure. Um, this was their... This was their, all right, we just lost Julio in that squad, but now we're about to reload and destroy everybody for five years, basically. Yeah. So that's an Alabama team that's still number 11 ranked. So pretty, and then a rematch with South Carolina that's 56-7. And then number two ranked Oregon and then Natty. Like, yeah. That's about five pretty, pretty much five ranked teams. Then we'll and, go down yeah. LSU's schedule. You have number nine, Texas, second game of the year, and that's kind of a 45-38. That was a close game, too, where Joe led. Kind of and that was back. that was kind of the moment where you started to question whether he was going to be. You can go as back good. on our podcast. That's when I kind of jumped on the. I was so bad I was calling him Jordan Burrow at the time, getting yeah. confused with the all world wrestler just because <laughs> I just knew what with the eye test. Like, okay, that guy's different. I don't know his name, but I know he's different. Everybody ride that train. Because we were talking about Sam Ellinger and him in that game, and how they were just going back to back. I remember that. That was that was the craziest game. And then they had Northwestern State, Wash, Vanderbilt, Wash, Utah State, Wash. Number seven ranked Florida, two top ten teams already. Mississippi State, Wash. That Auburn game, number third one, arguably the the only one to hold them underneath twenty five points. Yep, held them to twenty three in a twenty three twenty game. <laughs> then they played Alabama the next week after that. Number three Alabama, that forty six to forty one with two of two of Najee Harris, Jerry Judy. The full squad, basically. Yeah, the consensus, squad, Henry Ruggs. The consensus favorite besides Clemson, basically. Then you had Ole Miss, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Then Georgia in the SEC championship game, 37-10, just stomped them. Oklahoma, number four, and Clemson in the Natty championship game. That was seven just top ten opponents that LSU went through, too. Like, that's a that's an unheard of. No one's ever done that before. Like, nope. that's If I'm not mistaken, I think the most was like three or four, maybe even five in a season. Yeah, the most any national championship winner has ever faced, I think, was four at the time. And I think it was actually that of 2010 Auburn team that – were they not top ten? Or no, because Alabama was out of the top ten when they played yeah, them. the only top ten team that Auburn played was LSU and then Oregon in the Natties. Okay, so yeah, it was – I think it's only four, and it might, it might have been one of the Alabama teams or the Florida team in 2006 maybe i'd have to really rack my brain and try yeah i don't have time for that but anyway so basically lsu on strength of schedule it's not even really close i mean actually no uh alabama 2017 would have been would have played at least four so but yeah that's i mean that's still only four teams either way like like the strength of schedule is absolutely unparalleled and even if you take away that oklahoma game because the college playoff that they didn't have back then that's still six top 10 teams not just ranked but top 10 yeah with if I'm not mistaken, no rematches either. Like, yeah, they didn't play any team twice. No, so they, they yeah, played, they, they got to avoid the double up against Florida in the SEC championship game. Yeah, because Georgia took them out to get to it. Yeah, yep. so they managed to do that without rematching anybody to get those full. So strength of schedule, I think it's not even close. So when I look at it here, so coaching edged Auburn just by a little bit. I won't get. I, I won't no, I gotta it. give you. I'll give you credit. Yeah, it's not. But I want to say it's a lot because we've seen Gus as a head coach. He's kind of pisses people off that no offense whatsoever basically but just no no wide receiver concepts at all anyway move forward strength of schedule it's lsu by a mile surrounding talent it's lsu by a, mar- a good margin i won't not quite as much as the schedule but definitely a lot more than the coaching yes the stats i think favor burrow as well the moments do favor cam because there was a lot more close games where he had to have his quote-unquote heisman moments kind of like rg3s when he was with baylor against ou Reggie Bush, that one punt return. Like, everyone has their Heisman moments. Cam Newton had more of those just because the games were closer where Burrow's like, yeah, I'm just going to destroy everybody. Casually. Yeah. 
I think going down just like the attributes, Cam probably has a stronger arm and he's definitely a better runner. But accuracy, mobility in the pocket as well. Definitely goes to Burrow. Throwing people open, the level of difficulty when you look at the throws too. Just oh yeah, I mean what he was able, what Burrow was able to do throwing twenty five yard out routes to guys that are just like, what what he just did that while you know on the run like what? Anytime he threw the ball, I didn't think it was going to be incomplete. I mean he had a two hundred two quarterback rating. Yeah, I know I, the college one's kind of skewed and goofy compared to the NFL one, but like it doesn't get too much higher than that if I'm not mistaken. No, I think it's two hundred five point six or two hundred six point five something like that. And yeah, like Cam had a one eighty eight, which I mean that above and beyond it tells you like. Okay, well, these two had a really great season, but, like, that just shows you how good of a season Burrow actually had where he's, like, three passer rating points away from a perfect passer rating or something like that. Less than ten passer rating points away from a perfect passer rating. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it's the eye test for what he was able to do with his arm is just outstanding. I think he was probably – that was the best throwing, like we mentioned, throwing season I've ever seen, where Cam's was arguably the best running from a quarterback I've seen. Maybe oh, from he, a division – maybe broke, there's some, like, a smaller school ones, but, like, from a true division one powerhouse that won a national championship, you don't get a better running quarterback than Cam. You don't get a better runner in general. Like, he broke the all-time SEC rush record in the season, which was held by Herschel Walker, and by, making, by getting to 20 touchdowns. Like, an all-time great – Hall of Fame level guy, he just broke that record as a quarterback and the other guy's a running back. Like, that just tells you how good he was running the ball. And it wasn't just like a a one-and-done thing. Like, if, like you said, he ran the ball, what, 264 times? Yeah, 264 times for almost 1,500 yards. What running back can you think of would, that wouldn't love to have that stat line? Exactly. Like, that's – they basically were so good in their own niche. I just – I think Burroughs was still better. I think when you factor in the strength of schedule and how many big-time player, like, players he went against, I mean, he smoked Trevor Lawrence, give or take, in that natty, in that natty 42 to 25. Destroyed Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb, and basically what was consensus, the Oklahoma equals Heisman Trophy winner and all-time offense up until that point. Yeah, they had Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. I know I'm saying. Up until that point, they kind of, <laughs> when you look at the Kyler and Big Show the previous two years and a consensus top four team. Yeah. Destroyed Georgia, who doesn't have a good quarterback, but they're always a good – they're always a problem because they're Georgia. Jake Fromm doesn't count a quarterback. Beat Alabama. Actually, honestly, smoked them until they let Alabama and Tua kind of come back, with Tua arguably being – could have been on this list too as some of the last two seasons he had. Yeah. And – the plethora of weapons, my goodness. Yeah. Like five first-round receivers casually, whatever, Alabama. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> five first-round by the end of next year for yeah. sure, yeah. Auburn with the best defense in college football last year quite possibly. I mean, I give or take. I mean, best in the SEC easily. Definitely one of the best eye test te- teams, like defenses to watch. Best defensive line I've seen in a while too. Florida consensus top 10 team. I mean, they didn't really have like a quarterback they went head-to-head with, but just a top 10 loaded team all around. Well, that was Kyle Trask coming out party too. That was the the post-Felipe Franks major injury, and Kyle Trask is like, hey, hold on, guys. I'm going to keep us competitive until Joe Burrow. I've never started a game until this this was this moment right here, and then, oh, wait, oh, wait, well, it. And then going, of course, that Sam Ellinger game head-to-head early on when all eyes were on Sam, and they're like, oh, wait, this Jordan slash Joe Burrow kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then the Auburn offense was, oh, God, was everyone going, oh, God, that's Cam coming at my face. Yeah. It, the one thing I, I, I look at, though, and, you know, like I, I keep – I just keep – there's so – the eye test for Cam, it just – you keep watching it and what he did. And compared to the eye test for Burrow, honestly, if I just watched Burrow play, I would not know he threw for 60 touchdowns and only six interceptions 
and accounted for 65 total touchdowns. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that, and he just made it look too damn easy. Like, he's just, he's so good. It was boring to watch. He just, there was no excitement in it, except for the national championship game, and then, you know. And then he Joe Burrowed his way through the back half of that one. Yeah. And the the, the Alabama game, and then, like, when you look at Cam, what he was doing, it's like, literally every game, if he didn't take it over, nobody else was. We didn't get to see Joe Burrow face much adversity besides for much of a quarter, and that's what it doesn't quite have that excitement factor to it. Like Cam Newton's season had, like the comeback, like there weren't as many O-ish moments. Yeah. Which is part of the reason a lot of people liked Andrew Luck his early years with the Colts. They're getting down 24-7. to God, they're terrible. Then, oh, wait, Andrew's just going to Andrew. Against the Chiefs, 38-10. to Oh, look at Andrew's dry shoulders carrying the entire city of Indianapolis on them casually. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things It's like, I, though to me the biggest play that sticks in mind was watching him against LSU. He he was in the pocket and got blitzed by two outside linebackers. Had to rush up the middle, spun out of two tackles. Has a guy wrapped around his legs, pulls through it, runs for forty five yards downfield. Mind you, as you said, he's slower than Andrew Luck running downfield, and you can see it sometimes. But like, then he's also taking eight foot eight yard steps at the same time. So he's like splitting defenders, and you're like, how is this big old dude? Running through all of these guys. He gets to the end zone, and guess who's the guy that's trying to tackle him? Oh, Patrick Peterson. He already broke Tyron Matthews' tackle in the, in the backfield, and now he's going up against Patrick Peterson, and you're like, he's not he's not going to score. Was Tyron Matthews on? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, lo and behold, he runs Patrick Peterson right over into the end zone. And it's just like, to me, that that's one of the quintessential cam plays from that season where you're just like, this dude's different. Like, this dude, there's something about him that's just not normal. And honestly, I never had a moment with that with Joe Burrow. Like, looking back at it, yeah, looking there were statistically moments that everything he did is like, oh yeah, that's different. Okay, oh yeah, that's freaky. Oh, but oh yeah, there we go. That's dirty. Because what was it? Six touchdowns versus Oklahoma, something like that. Seven in the first Seven? half, something. Yeah, like that. you you know, you're just like, you, at the time, you're just like, wow, yeah, LSU's just driving on him right now. Wow, okay, cool. And then like third, fourth quarter, you're like, wow, where's Burrow at? Oh, oh, that's the score. Oh, oh, it's like that then, huh? And he's just over there chilling, being Joe Cool on the sideline. But, like, there was never that let me take over the game moment because he never really had to. Because the game, he took over the game off the start and it was over. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's true, yeah. I don't, it's, it's weird because it's just something you just look at and you're like, when you think of all-time greats, you always think of those moments during the season. And honestly, with Joe Burrow, there, it's no knock on him, but there just weren't any. I guess against Tech. I guess against Alabama, he did have some because, like that fourth down when they when Alabama's coming back, is that quarterback draw for twenty yards, and then okay, he, yeah. I guess he did have him in out against Alabama and against Texas a little bit. It's just every other game was kind of a blowout except for the Auburn game, and the Auburn game they kind of had control anyway. So I guess that we did overlook the Alabama once. He did have a lot of moments on that one. They were just, yeah, okay, fair enough. They I, were just I, dominating so early. Then Tua being as great as Tua is made it close, and then Joe's like, "Hold on, I, I got this." Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. I, I, I guess I. I, the bias against Alabama came out in me. I'm sorry. I just couldn't <laughs> give anybody credit when they beat Alabama because they're trash. Okay, fair enough. But, um, but no, I'm just kidding. I, I, he, what he did against Alabama is actually, yeah, he did take over that game. And that fourth, uh, the guts to do a quarterback draw on fourth down with Joe Burrow, <laughs> like we talked about, he's not the most fluid of guys in the world. And he's like, oh, let me take this for a cool 20 yards. And broke tackles and spun off of people, too. It wasn't just ran straight and got a score he was making people miss nfl future nfl defenders miss and trucking through them like 
a pretty much a whole defense of <laughs> pretty much yeah. yeah and then Trayvon Diggs uh, yeah Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> the other the guy technically is in the league but is he in the league he's he's that turnstile whenever the Cowboys are trying to not give up a deep pass <sighs> it hurt that hurt that I hurt. will say what's interesting that about cut deep both of these quarterbacks is I think if you swap teams for them the results are way different I don't think either one of them does nearly as well in the other system either too I don't think Cam will thrive as much in that LSU team because he's not that kind of passer. He doesn't throw people open. He wouldn't be able to utilize the targets the same way Joe did. They'd, have, they'd obviously both still have success. They'd probably both end up with a natty in some way, shape, or form because Auburn's pass offense would be significantly better, but they'd have a lot less element of surprise, a lot less, oh, God, that's Cam. But they'd be in a lot closer games, and Joe showed the ability. He's basically showed he's really cool under pressure. Yeah. Cam... He's just kind of freakish, and he'll still make plays. They just won't be nearly as dominant. I think a lot of these 66-38, they'd probably be a little more 42-28, maybe. 24-17. Yeah. I think he, him and Clyde Edwards-Alaire would be really fun to see some of the finagly stuff they could do, but like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on the outside, I don't think they'd get as much burn. Thaddeus Moss wouldn't even got drafted, I don't think. Well, I don't know, because Lutz and Kirsten was considered a top t- tight end after playing with Cam that year, and uh, he yeah, didn't maybe. really do. I, I don't know. Uh, I got, you know, RIP Klutzy, but, you know, he, he – unfortunately, Burrow, he was Tad, not. Joe Burrow, Thad Moss looking like a first-round tight end, though. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, Thad Moss – I mean, don't get me wrong. Thad Moss didn't do didn't do anything wrong to make himself not look like a first-rounder. He he did everything right, but – He's plenty good enough. I just – yeah. No, I, I give you a point. No, and I think you're exactly right. I don't think that run-first read option style that Auburn ran is not very conducive for Joe Burrow. And on the vice versa side, that spread off, spread run, run style that LSU employed last year, definitely not Cam's forte. Like Cam is still Cam. Even in the NFL, we've seen it. He is not a guy that really reads a whole defense, and he definitely doesn't throw very accurate routes. It, the accuracy is kind of his like he can rifle it in there if there's a window he will get it to the window the problem is he kind of struggles with creating the windows if that makes sense like on a crossing route he can hit the guy squaring the numbers but if he needs to lead them away from a linebacker under a safety or while rolling out t- touch pass in between the cover two hole eh he can rifle it into that hole if there's a little space he can throw as hard as he can and scare that defensive back out of the way yeah his arm strength has never been a question that dude's arm is a howitzer and you're just waiting on it to blow somebody's head off which at this point, I'm surprised it hasn't, um, especially little old freaking Dan- – or not Danny Amendola. <laughs> Julian Edelman. Thank you, Julian Edelman over there. He's lost a little steam after the shoulder surgery, I guess. But. He, that's true, yeah. I mean, he's still running people over a little bit, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to take a couple degree, t- couple miles per hour off this 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Pretty much, yeah. Wait. Yeah. I think we were talking about the two guys. I'm still going to lean with Burrow. I think the strength of schedule – as well as just the eye test, the ability, what he did with what he had available against who he went against. It's like when you look at Muhammad Ali necessarily too, it's like, wow, look at the names he beat when we talk about boxing. Or, oh, look at the Floyd, look at the names they beat. Yeah. Like, no one, I don't think anyone could compete with the, this LSU slash Joe Burrows, the scalps he collected along the way more or less. No, yeah, it was 100%. You know, Florida State has that tradition of pulling out uh, a square of grass mm-hmm. every time they go to an opponent's field and win there. Yeah. Um, I feel like for him it was that type of mentality. He's like going to these teams and he's, you know, beating a Texas A&M led by Jimbo Fisher. He's beating a Alabama led by Nick Saban and Tua. He's beating an Auburn who has one of the best defenses and one of the better 
offensive-minded head coaches, and you know you're beating a Georgia team, you're beating Clemson, and one of the premier dynasties that currently are, exist right now that has been going for almost really started actually after that 2010 season where they lost to Auburn, they really started this dynasty with Dabo. And that's when they started recruiting, and then like 2014-ish or so is when they started becoming a force because, well, maybe it was 2016-ish because their first one was 2017 against Alabama, their first championship run. Then they played. Point is like mid-2000s. Yeah, well, no, so they got, Dabo Sweeney was was hired in 2011. Yeah, I understand. And that's what I'm thinking of when they start their dynasty, like, it yeah. was a Dabo Sweeney era. I just gave him a few years to get his recruiting classes in. Yeah, no, definitely. It did take him a couple years. Um, but, yeah, no, it, and it's 100% one of those things, like, and you know, we, you just don't see it that often. And, and what he was doing and, and how he did it and, and the fashion in which he did it was just like, wow. And when you look at what they're saying about Trevor Lawrence being this generational quarterback prospect, it's worth getting rid of everybody. He's the greatest thing ever. Joe Burrow went head-to-head with the guy and outplayed him, basically, more or less, like, that's yeah. the same guy who nearly got his head ripped off against Ohio State. Thanks, Chase Young. That was a fair and legal hit by grabbing the head. Yeah, seriously. And then casually has a 67-yard touchdown run a few plays later and leads them in a comeback against the team that, honestly, most people said was better than LSU that year in Ohio State, which I don't know how they saw that. But okay, to each their own. But Yeah. No, I, you know, you, you're exactly right. What we saw with with Trevor Lawrence, what we we, we, we hear and we talk about with him, he is the next the, the next coming of of Peyton Manning essentially is what everybody touts him as. But let's just not let Joe Burrow slide by. Like literally what he was able to do is better than anything Peyton Manning ever did in college, anything Andrew Luck ever did in college, anything Trevor Lawrence has ever done in college and will ever do in college considering well COVID year is probably his last year. And right Unless now he's Jets not even number one. Then he might slide back one more. Yeah, time. I mean if he comes back another year next year, it's a different story. But yeah, I think Tua's done, and Tua was touted as one of the top guys. And you know, here's Joe Burrow, a guy from Ohio, never left the state until he's like, you know, he's, let me go on this recruiting trip. Let me go on this trip, and after I enter the transfer portal to to LSU and check it out, you know, I'm just gonna stay here and sign guys. Uh, and now he's a freaking Bayou guy honorary Bayou member like you don't that doesn't just happen you don't you don't indenture yourself to one of the hardest working people in the nation and you're born in Ames Iowa you end up in Ohio and then somehow you're let you're a Bayou Bengal for life just like yeah then then look and and one thing I will say this about LSU fans and they are hard on their team but if you play like Joe Burrow played you are in great he is right there with Drew Brees as far as New Orleans lore right now like those two are ingratiated at the top exactly I mean Odell's up there with what he did when he was at LSU. Jarvis Landry's up there. But Joe Burrow's not just even with – no, he's past those guys he's in all-time him. LSU. He's all-time LSU. When you see look number one in Bayou Bengal fans' eyes, it's going to be Joe. He's past all the LSU competition. He's at a point now he's competing with Saints on the all-time New Orleans list. Yeah, he's – like literally it's Drew Brees, Archie Manning, Joe Burrow. You might it even is, give Joe Burrow the edge over Archie, considering yeah, recency bias on top of it too. Yeah, that's okay. Fair enough. But I know what you're getting at too. I mean, <laughs> they, he did create Peyton and Eli, and they didn't go to LSU. <laughs> didn't they went stay to in Louisiana. So Ole Miss and Tennessee. That might, <laughs> you know, he might drop a few spots down there. Yeah, you mean yeah? Archie might have might have lost to Joe Burrow already. But no, this, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like Auburn fans have the same love for Cam, but the problem is with Cam that the one thing that I will say that tarnishes a lot of his reputation. Was the scandal. 
honestly didn't even think about that. I kind of forgot about that, honestly. Most people do. Auburn fans, it sticks in your head because, well, we were afraid we were going to lose a national championship <laughs> uh, because of it. And honestly, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a genuine fear. But when you look back at that season and you think of how much turmoil Cam went through with the – the scandal and his dad and everything like that, you're like, wow, he made it through a lot. But at the same time, if that scandal wasn't there, like how much better would he have played? Was that scandal maybe something that helped him kick it into high gear during that back half of the season against Alabama, South Carolina, the second time, Oregon, Georgia? Like, Exactly. And, you know, this is one of those things is the scandal hurt and helped, I think, in my in the way I look at it. And for if from Cam as a competitor standpoint, I think as a competitor, you're like, you know what? I didn't take any money. But I'm gonna prove you all wrong, and I'm gonna beat the living tar out of you guys, and and I'm gonna do that, just that. And he competed to his maximum against these guys. But the flip side of things, public persona, that's one of the big issues, and that you know ends up getting thrown under the bus a lot of times with these scandals. So that was kind of you know that's to me that the one thing that he's not gonna ever be as ingratiated in Auburn fans' hearts as Joe Burrow did in LSU fans. Now don't get me wrong, Cam has a statue outside of the stadium. Well-deserved, literally one of only three Heisman Trophy winners besides the great Bo Jackson and Pat Sullivan. So, I mean, oh, and Charles Barkley now has a, has a, has a thing. But, uh, I mean, that, that's a that's, big statue. <laughs> it's a big boy. But, yeah. It's a round statue. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I, I think what Joe did is it wasn't just winning over his teammates and winning over his the fans. Statistically speaking, he just out literally outplayed anybody who's ever played college football. I think, it, I think Joe Burrows was the greatest season, but Cam Newton's, you can make a case, was the best when you factor in everything else, too. I, I think, think when, yeah, I think he dragged a very low carcass a lot further than they should have gone. Um, and it, that hurts me to say that out loud, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Auburn fan. I should be thinking they're number one. Every, no, honestly, they they didn't deserve that national championship that year. That was a... That was Cam and Nick Fairley, like, come on, guys, we got the rest of you. Two... My my dad, junior college transfers, and also the other guy we're talking about just happens to be a transfer as well. So is there something in transfers here? Like I mean, maybe that's what the secret to to being a great quarterback. You got Kyler, you have Baker, Baker. You know, looking at just the last handful Justin of Fields, handful of Heisman Trophy winners. I mean, just go down the list. My goodness, it's a question to ask. I don't know. Maybe there's something in these transfer windows. Maybe I get a shot of steroids whenever I enter the transfer window. I mean, maybe not, but... If yeah. that's the case, let me uh, let me call the NCAA real fast. Hey, I'm entering the transfer window. Uh, can I get the good, good stuff or just... I mean, I'm mediocre, so maybe the, the decent stuff. Yeah, you're going to need more than transfer portal steroids, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> but no, so, I mean, you know, you talk about these two guys and they're great seasons. Obviously, you can tell we're both pretty torn on this. I you mean, make a compelling case for Cam, but I think I'm, I'm still riding with the Joe Cool on this one. I'm still going to... I, I loved watching Cam. He is fantastic. He played himself into a number one overall pick and as kind of an unconventional quarterback. At, that, at the time, mobile quarterbacks like that were not an option for number one quarterbacks. Some people said Blaine Gabbert was a better quarterback prospect because he is a passing quarterback than Cam. Cam was just more of the football type. They're like, well, he played so well, you almost have to take him to Carolina, right? I mean, you can't pass that up. Carolina's probably glad they did because he's probably a top six, top five player in their franchise's history. I mean, you have him, Julius Pepper, Steve Smith, and who else, really? No, that's Luke CMC's Keekly. climbing. Luke Keekly. How could I forget Luke Keekly? I don't know. I was almost like, I almost got offended just was, because you didn't say it. I was thinking like way back, and I didn't I didn't think recency because it still hurts me that he's gone too. No, that's, yeah, that's just exactly right. I think I think what Cam was able to do, getting himself in that number one position. Um, but also at the same time, Joe Burrow, I, these, these are two guys when they started their, their 
their years at their respective schools, everybody's kind of like, ah, well, that's a transfer kid from Blaine College, or that's a transfer kid who didn't even start at Ohio State. He didn't look too good last year, and basically the, it's on him to not lose games for this LSU team. They'll go as far as he doesn't lose games for, oh, wait, never mind, he's winning everything. Oh, wait, Cam Newton, that's the greatest athletic quarterback we've ever seen. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, it was literally two, three games down down the line, and everybody's like, oh, wait, that's who we have a quarterback. Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's one of those things you just like, you got to keep that in mind when you talk about these guys. And now we they're both number one picks. So it begs the question, though. The, they, these two guys had all this success in one season in college. It got them drafted no, both number one overall. NFL speaking-wise, we've seen what Cam's done. He was a potential MVP one season, led his team to the Super Bowl. Was the MVP. Oh, yeah, sorry. Was the MVP. Sorry, he didn't play like in the Super Bowl, so I'm not really giving him credit for that. Touche. <laughs> but anyways, he got to the Super Bowl as an MVP. Joe Burrow, will he have the same trajectory, or do you think he's better or worse? His best season might not be as good as Cam's, because weirdly enough, Cam's MVP season was like his Auburn Tigers season. But the rest of their careers, I think Joe Burrow could match it, if not surpass a little bit, as a natural throw over the ball, as a less reckless player, I guess, as far as like his play style is not as conducive to getting smashed, even though that offensive line is trying to get him killed. Yeah, As really a Bengals fan, you that. know how that feels. It gets tired watching your guy get crushed all Look, the time. When three of your four offensive linemen are guys I can't even name off the top of my head, that just tell you something. Exactly. But I think, I think Joel will have a naturally better overall career. I don't know if he'll ever have an MVP season quite like him. I, I mean, MVPs aren't just thrown around as much as it seems like it. He had basically an all-time year where it's like, oh, man, this can't. What the heck, can This isn't Auburn. You can't do that. Oh, wait, you did that. Yeah. And he's never been able to hit that level again, not even close, unfortunately. In small spurts and maybe a game here or there, it's like, oh, that that's that cam again. But unfortunately, that was kind of an anomaly for him, and I hate to say that because he's still fantastic, but that was just different. I think Joe's going to have maybe the rest of his years, besides his best year, if you take away those their outlier best years, Joe's will be higher. Okay. Like, maybe Joe can win an MVP. I mean, it's eight games into his career. I don't want to go projecting anything like that now, but <laughs> he has all the skill set in the world to do it. He has his number one guy in T. Higgins, it looks like, for years to come. We'll see how it goes because you never know how things change, obviously. I mean, I've, and it, it depends a lot on that franchise, too. He told me eight games in Andrew Luck's rookie year. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's got multiple MVPs, probably a Super Bowl or two in his future. Little I know the team was going to get him murdered in four, in four short years. So Yeah. No, I, I do think going like, – I, to use your, your your idea of, you know, how his middle season's – Will be great, like the Olympic scoring, basically of of, of you know years. You take, out take the away the best, eight. take away the lowest, and everything in between is better. Pretty and much, I, that's your homeostasis, more or less. I do think that's 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 going to be very accurate, and I do think it depends a lot on his future with the team. Depends a lot on what they do with their offensive line going forward, and you know what do they do with John Ross? What do they do with AJ Green? What do they do with? You know, Tyler Boyd. I mean, yeah. What do you do with your tight ends? What do you do? You know, obviously T. Higgins is there. You see the chemistry every single day of the week. It's a lot like what you kind of saw a little bit when Cam and Steve Smith got together and got on the same page when they were they were going. Cam was rolling out of the pocket, needing somebody to throw to. Oh, there just happens to be Steve Smith. Can they also get a guy like what Cam had with Greg Olson too? Who, when he needs help, there's Greg Olson. Like that's what that's what. Joe Burrow needs right now is he needs that extra guy, not just T. Higgins to be rolling out with him. He needs an extra guy underneath to help compensate for that because he can't just throw to T. Higgins every time. As much as I would love to see that all day long, I, it's not feasible in the NFL. Um, I don't care what you say. Atlanta couldn't even do it with Julio, so 
Sorry, guys, I don't, don't think it's possible. And can they build a defense like what Carolina had with Luke Keekley, K1 Short, Star Lutalele, Thomas Davis, Josh Norman that year? Like, they always have had a force on defense until just recently. But, like, throughout all of Cam's mo- most of his career, career in Carolina, those defenses were top tier. Like, it was part of the reason the Carolina offense was as conservative as it was, minus that MVP run. Because yeah. it was a run first offense with. A lot of the big running backs like Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams even a little bit before Christian McCaffrey came there. It was really conservative because you have that defense like, all right, don't screw it up and make the plays. You guys got this. And Cam could run that better than just about anybody. Can't think of his name, but you said big running backs, and all I thought about was number 35, and I can't think of his name. Mike Tolbert? Yes, Mike Tolbert. (laughs) Oh, the big bowling ball that is Mike Tolbert. He was fun to watch run. Yeah, he was. Him Him on the Chargers was fun too, just giant mammoth. Exactly. But I will say this, though. I think, unlike you, I, I do think Burrow has a chance at an MVP season. Well, I do think he has a chance. I'm just not going to say he will win one. <laughs> I think he will. I, I do think he will. I think he has all the talent there. He, because he's buying Cincinnati time, because he's he's already learned how to slide. He's learned how to not get himself killed. So hopefully those two things pan out and he doesn't, you know, Daniel Jones it up right anytime soon. Daniel Jones doesn't get hit hard. He trips and then avoids all contact. Okay, well, fair enough. He also fumbles <laughs> the ball a whole heck of a lot. An average of three times per game. It's just if you can pick him up or not. <laughs> so, you know, as long as he as long as long he keeps his turnovers to a very minimal thing. I mean, he's already top five in the passing stats so far this season. Like, He does have the fumbling issue so far this year with eight fumbles, but he's only lost three of them. So at, some, at least that's a positive sign. He's not throwing the ball away. He just has to... Make I sure think that has more anything. to do with his centers. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not all his fault. It's just Andrew had the same issue, too. We keep bringing Andrew into this, too, because he's kind of another guy that was in this trajectory without the success and the rookie prodigy, quote-unquote, like Burrow looks like with a terrible offensive line. He fumbled a lot, too. It's just sometimes when you're the quarterback and you sit in the pocket too long, you get hit and you can't always hold on to it. So Yeah. And only three lost fumbles. That's not terrible. You're a rookie yeah. with a terrible offensive line who's also running for his life. I mean, you have 35 attempts already, too, running and- the ball. Hopefully that changes soon, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just projecting. I do think Burrow might have the better all time career, but I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep with Cam in the college. That's your Bengals fan and you talking basically. That's uh, it's the hope. I want to see a nine and eighty five reunion in forever in uh, in Cincinnati. Kiss the uh, baby. But no, I mean, I, so obviously I'm still sticking with Cam. You should stick with Burrow. I think we have most. It's hard to make two cases for these guys when you love them both, but at the same time they're. Both Hall of like I mean literally if you could take one season and put it in the Hall of Fame you take both these seasons like here you go guys I can't pick just put them both there just co MVP seasons you know a couple guys we didn't really mention a whole lot throughout this whole thing was Jameis Winston and Johnny Manziel I mean Jameis Winston undefeated f- freshman Heisman Trophy national championship and Johnny Manziel national championship Johnny Football the Golden Boy for all of like seven hundred days. Sorry, I was chewing on my crab legs. What was that? I, I I missed the whole. Oh wait. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave now. I'm gonna go catch an Uber really quick. That's rough. <laughs> nah, Jameis. There's obviously a reason we left him out. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, sure, he had a, one good season, but wasn't the same caliber as these guys. Johnny Football, outstanding, but does it, can I get Mike Evans in this conversation? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can I add a Mike Evans in this? Can I add a? Uh, Kevin Sumlin in this. Can I add a Cliff Kingsbury in here? Can I get a Luke Jokel at left tackle real quick? Yeah, there's so many more weapons that, that made Johnny Football what Johnny Football became and, you know, the whole money marketing and all that good stuff. Whatever. Anyways, but, yeah, that's why we left these guys out. But for sure. 100% for sure. Pretty much, yeah. That pretty much sums it right up to a T. 
But I guess that does it for us today, guys. Um, that was obviously uh, it's one of the harder discussions we, we can have. I mean, there's the top two things for any one topic. So, you know, we enjoy them. We like to to give our perspectives on things. But don't don't be surprised if we throw in some worst here soon. Um, spice things up and go with some worst performances. But we'll just leave those for later. Uh, maybe my performances will show up on those. Oh, it's, it's a sure thing. <laughs> but that does it for us today, guys. Uh, DJ, any last words? Some of my NFL predictions probably show up on that worst list, too, this year. So, I mean. We're not going to talk about our NFL predictions, okay? I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. My, my Super Bowl uh, and NFC team is uh, uh, not looking so hot. But anyways, we'll leave that. We, we, I digress. We'll leave that for another time. No need for this pity party. No, not at all. So until next time, guys, as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, catch us every, thurs- every Thursday on the uh, Unhinged Sports Network. Always going to be there. Ne- every Friday, we'll release it to our Anchor podcast, which also includes Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So wherever you watch us, listen to us, watch us. If you watch us, I mean, I'm kind of creeped out, but I appreciate it. You so- could probably just stop talking. <laughs> until next time, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.